0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Body and the Beast podcast. Coming straight into your ears for the next few hours are your awesome hosts, Dan Meredith and Jamie Alderton.
1: Howdy folks and welcome to another episode of The Body and the Beast. I am your body, Jamie Alderton.
0: And I am your beast, Dan Meredith. How are you, Mr. Alderton?
1: Mr. Meredith, I am not too bad. Uh, It's pitch you can't actually see this if you're listening but it's pitch black in here and it, there's no natural light and it's beautiful outside and I've got shit loads of work to do like on in here in the studio so you know I like to be busy it's nice to be yeah. busy but I, I could be really doing with enjoying some of this sunshine. yeah I'm looking uh, out across today. out of
0: my balcony across the river now and it's a beautiful day and I have Things to do this afternoon, which means I can't go outside. And, John, I'm just going to say this. And for, we've got quite a lot of British listeners, obviously, on the podcast. What an absolute pile of sweltering, sunbaked donkey cock this fucking summer has been. What an absolute pile of shit. I think it had we a had, it had a good start. Like a couple of weeks. Mate, had this a is good- just like, go on. Sorry, buddy.
1: Yeah, it, we had a good start. And uh, you know, getting there, and then yeah, it's just gone a bit shit. And what I'm hoping for, Dan, is—mate,
0: that sounds September like the story Octo- of my fucking relationship history. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm hoping for is September, October, yeah, to to really get that sunshine. And the reason being is, like for me, like, I I did a sea dip this morning, and I and because I've got my cold plunge, and it's convenient, I forget yeah. just how how incredible they are, especially September, October, when sunrise doesn't come up to about seven quarter past, the water's still nice, you know, the air, there's no breeze. It's just phenomenal. It really is. And I forget just how amazing it is. So I'm just hoping that um, this shit weather turns into something a little bit nicer. So am I.
0: I had exactly this conversation with a friend yesterday. We're banking on a September, October, because 2023... It's just been a fucking bizarre year. It has been the yeah, weirdest year I've had in a long time. And there was obviously one year where people were washing their washing their actual fucking shopping in the sink before they ate it. That was a weird year. That was a bizarre year. Opening doors with elbows. Fucking what a year. I saw a, a funny meme the other day that someone had compiled of all the different various mask permutations people had. And I saw some, there's a picture of, one of somebody with a welder's mask on walking down the street. Like, what a time. What a fucking time that was.
1: Yeah, it's it's crazy when you look back. It really, really is. And uh, I think it's crazy when you get up to now because there's been so many problems and that it's that kind of whiplash effect from anything big mm. and traumatic. It's like people get this kind of relief that it's over and then the fallout tends to happen. Yeah. And that's what's been happening over the last couple of years. And it kind of... Takes us totally off what we're talking to it does today about it's a little tangent. but but it also kind of brings us back to because one of the things that I felt when I left school was that if you didn't get decent GCSEs if you didn't get good grades then you weren't going to make it anywhere in life that's what the requirement that's basically what school gears you up to focus on it's like right okay you're finishing school just before you go out into this bright wide world you need to sit down and do these tests which will dictate your future
0: which are really good for people who struggle with you know sitting still quietly for a period of time they're perfect for that they're actually they're their, their favorite thing
1: yeah and thinking back to that time I remember having a meeting with about six other teachers and this meeting was about how do we keep Jamie Alderton in school without expelling him. <laughs>
0: that's quite nice that that many people got involved. Jay. Oh yeah. That's quite, I felt, I that's quite sweet.
1: I've never felt so wanted or needed uh, in my life, but yeah. one. But the reality was, was that I was a little shit. And the, one of the biggest reasons that I wasn't making much of myself is because I just wasn't challenged. And There's a very big difference between IQ as in like academic, you know, achievements and maths and all that kind of shit. And EQ, emotional intelligence, actually knowing, you know, your emotions and dealing with people and communicating effectively. Mm -hmm. And, you know, something that I said before we press record on this podcast that we tend to have a higher EQ than potentially IQ, which is probably why we've done so well in this social media game because we understand people. We understand Mm. their frustrations, their fears and the things that they need to basically get a healthier and happier life. Uh, And for me, that is super, super important. Yes, okay, IQ being a little bit switched on is quite important. Listen, I
0: I want... My engineers, my doctors, my people who design safety systems for things that I use. Commu- I want them to be as clever as they possibly can be. I want clever people in roles like that. I'll, I'm going to share with you a story. Did I tell? ever told you what I was, quote, supposed to be? No. So I had done, so I did my A-levels. I did double maths, physics, and design technology. And I was accepted on an aerospace design degree. So I was going to be, it was a four-year sandwich course, um, uh, a really good university in the UK. And I got accepted on to do it. And I was going to design airplanes because my dad sort of said to me when I was younger, he says, you know, get yourself, you know, sort of like a good job, like an engineer, something like that. Because, you know, my dad wasn't particularly academic. He... Found out later in life he had dyslexia, so he found school I think he left at 15. I think he actually moved out at 15 as well, like he was kind of, you know, to that generation where he just he just often went and worked in a butcher's. Um, that's where he started off. And that was what I thought I wanted to do. And I remember doing a placement at a very well-known aerospace company. And I had a great time, and they put me in the destructive testing department so basically i thought we we're going to be blowing shit up and firing things up so they have the thing called the chicken cannon where you used to fire frozen chickens at turbines to see what they did it was really cool none of that and it was really quiet cool. And i remember thinking to myself i don't know if this is for me because i'm quite a people you know a people person i like you know they're really cool guys like i really enjoyed the stuff i was a bit of a nerd but i really enjoyed the engineering side of things but i was like oh it's just quite Quiet in here. I don't know if this is kind of for me, but fortunately, Jamie, that was also when I was 17, bit of a late bloomer, when I got my first girlfriend. And what I ended up doing was absolutely shit tanking my A levels. And do you know what I got <laughs> right? Do you want to I don't know if I've told this on the podcast, or do you know what it's spelled out my A levels? And I was predicted uh, like A, B, you know, I was a good student, yeah, yeah, go on. dud, D- <laughs> dud, dud. And I remember at 18 years old, because I think my my then girlfriend, bless her, she's a wonderful girl. Um, she, I, I think, I went on a bit of a drinking spree. She was in the year below me, and I think I I, my, I was told I think I was I nearly rolled into the river because I was just too pissed walking along the riverbank. because I was pretty upset about it, and I actually went back and reset my levels and got all you know top marks for it so I actually went back a year so I remember going back at 19 I had a sort of full-time job went back a year did them again but it turns out that was never anything I used anywhere in my life anyway so I was supposed that's what I was supposed to be versus what I'm doing now it's amazing where actually being able to understand you know humans people actually be able to get on with people that EQ side of things yes obviously being smart is helpful in life in a lot of areas, but the EQ side of things is super important too.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, thinking about what you just said there with my GCSEs, I mean, I I think I got a couple, like three Cs, D's, uh, one D I think I got, and the rest I couldn't be bothered to do. Went to college, started doing a BTEC in computing and ICT networking. Uh, did the first year, kind of got bored, found out that, weatherspoons had this thing called sorry ronnie which was basically burger chips and a pint for but it's, it's called sorry ronnie burger chips and a pint for less than an extra value meal at mcdonald's hence why they call it sorry ronnie because <laughs> it's cheaper than mcdonald's and you get a pint instead of a coke
0: <laughs> to be honest so, that's a fucking good deal
1: yeah yeah it's oh, brilliant absolutely brilliant so 2.99 um pint, pint chips and uh and a burger and i'd have Solid. that at have that lunchtime, followed by two more pints because you know Why it's not? like $199, $1. On? 1, $1. And then I'll go back to college slightly tipsy and then can't be asked to work. So we just network the computers up and play Bomberman for two to three hours. <laughs> uh, and and you blink and eight months has gone. You're in yeah. the um, you're in the office, them saying that pretty much you've wasted your second year of college and we might be able to scrape some of the things from number uh, from scrape. year two, yeah, into year one to give you some form of first year diploma. And I was like, "Cheers, uh, I'm joining the army." Yeah, I'm off. <laughs> so, so yeah, so for me, it was just I wasn't challenged. I I get bored easily, and I get distracted very easy. And mm. as much as I enjoyed computers, it definitely wasn't the path that I was gonna. Go down. And of course, joining the army taught, taught me a lot of things, taught me discipline, uh, took me away from home. So, really giving myself a deep perspective and also being able to work with lots of different people and mm. it, bringing that back into what I do now. Um, and, and obviously, focusing on that, I, that IQ and EQ uh things do improve and get better and here's a thing that a lot of people don't realize both of those things can be improved with practice mm-hmm. there was a book that i was um referred back to and um it's originally where malcolm gladwell had this 10,000 hours rule yeah and I, f- I normally look at it on my shelf but i've got a whiteboard uh in the way and um basically what this book talks about is neuroplasticity the fact yeah. that your brain is very malleable and can evolve and grow as you teach it things but you know we're, we're taught from a very young age that if you don't get do well on your GCSEs that's pretty much you if you're shit at maths at yeah 16 years of age you'll be shit at maths for the rest of your life and a lot of people carry that through their lives because they believe that to be so And because they believe it to be so, they don't even try to improve in those areas. And it's not until somebody actually says to you, no, actually, you can pretty much get next level at anything with enough repeated practice. You you then say to yourself, well, I can pretty much do whatever the fuck I want to do, provided that I enjoy it, I'm consistent with it, and I focus on the right things to improve. I remember writing an email to my mum back in 2008, in Iraq, and I couldn't spell anyways. It was like N-E ways. And it's crazy. And my spelling was atrocious and probably still is, but because I write four to six hours a week and have done for the last goodness knows how many years, I've become good at writing. I was really shit at video when I started 10 years ago. I was very much um R. Ah, not understanding pausing and pacing, not being able to you know, talk my words a lot more clearly, but as you practice and you get feedback, you get better. Mm. So that's the thing about both IQ and EQ, but the only way that you're gonna get better at EQ is just really understanding what the signs of an emotionally intelligent person is. And I've actually compiled a list of six before Signs. we go on to
0: your list, can I show you something? Because you shared something course, there about yeah, yeah. the writing side of things. So I'm naturally quite shy, quite introverted. That's natural me. Okay. You know, loved being on my own. Um, I was a happy little geek, loved collecting books, loved nature, loved science, loved all this kind of stuff. And I know there's nothing wrong with any of those things, by the way. You can know if you love it. But I was really, was a very quiet, quite shy, introverted kid. Um, I had lots of good friends, but it was, you know, I wasn't the, you know, as people would see me now and see me on stage and doing stuff, I think naturally extroverted, all this kind of stuff. Short version is when I decided, so I ended up not going to university, which I was supposed to go to earlier because I um, overheard a conversation with my mum and dad and just things were a little bit tight at the time with my little sister and stuff. And I thought, you know what? I can go to uni later. I'll get a job. I'll help out. And I got offered this job in recruitment and a friend of mine, it was my, one of my really good friends, boyfriend, who I'd become really good friends with myself. And he said, Oh, you've got to try this, you know, you've got to come for a job interview. There's people earning like 120, 150, 180 grander. And I'm like, doing what? I said, they get people jobs. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Anyway, it, it didn't make any fucking sense. It didn't make any fucking sense. Okay. So anyway, scroll forward. I've always looked old. Older, so I've never been ID'd in my life. You know, I think I bought my first pub pint at 15. You know, never had a problem with that. And I think I, you know, started shaving between 11 and 12. So I've always been a hairy fucker. So I've always looked a little bit older for my age. Anyway, I won't go through the story because it is a funny story, which you should bring up. Anyway, got the job. Then they found out I was a lot younger than I was. So they did everything to try and get me out of this job. Everything because they thought I was older. I came across well. They do, immediately demoted me, so they gave me a job as a consultant, and then demoted me to a resourcer just for my age, like I had. So, but because I was so naive, I thought, "Fuck it, I'll just go along with that." And at one point, right, I remember this. You said about the EQs I had to get. I had to learn how to get good, fucking quick with people. Okay, and one of the things they made me. And this, this is made up. Okay, this is a made up thing that is not in any HR manual. My boss at the time just made it up naive little me says fuck it let's do it so I had to go out every fucking day and talk to someone excuse me during my lunch hour and I had to get that person's email address I had to strike up a fucking conversation with a stranger somehow get an email address off them and for the best part of I think it was about three weeks I did this I had to do this every day and if that email bounced guess he was out the door yours truly utterly fucking made up batshit nonsense but I had to get good at approaching people and talking to people because in my head I wasn't going to earn any fucking money and it was the same on the phones when I had to do it I had to get good at the sales my basic salary was six grand okay I don't know what that works out a month after tax but it's what 350 quid maybe a month okay you can't fucking live off it and this was when we started off in Reading as well, in the tiniest little shitty spare room of someone's house that I could afford, okay? So I had no choice but to get good at the EQ side even more. Otherwise, I was fucked. That was it. But that's just a little story from that. Much like you with the writing for years, I had no choice to get good at this because of an imaginary target that my boss put on my head that would literally got me fired if I didn't do it. It sounds utterly made up, I know, but young me, 19-year-old me, like, cool, this is how business works. I'll better go do that then.
1: And... what you just said there just reminded me of something in between that time of leaving college and joining the army because I Mm -hmm. actually had a job working as a sales advisor for Comet which of course sells electricals now I used to just work one Sunday six and a half hours a week and I Mm -hmm. got paid around 600 to 650 pounds a month and that sounds a bit weird that I fact the fact that I worked about 20 Two hours uh, a month and got paid that, Um, and you're thinking back now. You know, I'm I'm literally rewinding back to 2002. So this is this is 21 years ago, and you were basically paid. You know, I think I was paid like two pound eighty an hour, but then also it was very much commission based Mm. and what you had on different items at Comet were different commission structures. And that's all of, as a salesperson that I'd be looking at, because you'd have a microwave for 150 pounds that had two pounds commission on when you sell. And you'd have a microwave next to it, maybe for 50 pounds more expensive, but it has seven pounds, 50 to 10 pounds
0: so
1: on. So you're, having to come up with some shtick basically from mm-hmm. different appliances to basically convince people not to buy the thing that they want, <laughs> but to buy the thing buy that you want over them here. to buy. And one of my favorite cash earners, I remember. And yeah, of course this is understanding emotional in- intelligence at its highest because you're convincing people to buy things that you <laughs> want them to buy. And it sounds terrible. Uh, When you think back, but, you know, I I think I was 15, 16 at the time. And, you know, 10 pound commission on something was uh, not to be sniffed at. That's four hours work, basically, in that place. And they had this thing where they had um, the new Dysons were coming in. So 20 years ago, they had Dyson coming in. But for some reason, the commission wasn't the best. It was about six pounds. It wasn't too bad. But Mm -hmm. they had the these crappy kind of ones that, you know, Panasonic and all these other ones who saw what Dyson was doing. And suddenly there was this massive wave of bagless Hoovers. Yeah, And there was massive incentives on them to sell them because they wanted to outdo Dyson. So from a salesman perspective, they put 15 pounds commission on these Hoovers that were actually a hundred pounds cheaper than the Dysons. And they were actually putting them next to them. And for me, it was the easiest thing because I'd be talking about the, the speed, the suction and everything of the Dyson. And actually the Panasonic had the exact same. And I said, but this one's a hundred pounds cheaper and I can chuck in a three year warranty with it. And, uh, and it's, you know, and it's the better Hoover. A lot of people talk about these Dysons, but the Panasonic one is where it's at. That was my, and I'd sell four to five of those every Sunday.
0: Awesome. And- <laughs> just showing show, showing the things we had to do. So for anyone who's listening who's maybe because we, we meant we wanted to talk about sort of these ones this week because it was like hey, there's results coming out and all sorts coming up and there's you know, some of the people listening right now might have, you know, kids with them or, you know, away on holiday and listening back to this and sort of saying that it's just it's a case of, you know, all these things that we thought would define us actually haven't and I'm not saying you know I'm never going to be one of those people that is like anti-education or degrees or anything I think you know there's some you know I, I want you know I'm, I'm really glad I did my degree um I think it was worthwhile for me and I'm really you know I think education is is beyond important but there's also this other side of things which you can also improve and obviously I kind of cut you off in front of the list to tell you my my <coughs> excuse me young Dan recruitment story and that was 1999 that was when I was a fresh-faced 19-year-old. Jesus.
1: You can't learn communication like that face-to-face with a person from a book. No. Nah. You've got to go out there and practice it over and over again. And when shit hits the fan and when pressure's on, it's amazing how well you perform. And still to this day, we've spoken about this on an episode, you know, when you do put that pressure on, like when I'm backed up against the wall, that's how I shine. And the hardest thing is not to always have to need to do that in order to shine. Because mm. sometimes I put a bit too much pressure on myself. I do. And then suddenly you're like, oh shit, I could have made it a lot easier if I just planned and prepared this uh, a bit longer. But yeah, I have have written a Left list of six and things. And I do want to talk about each one of them today. And the first one I've just put is that you're not a snowflake. And what I mean by that is emotionally intelligent people don't melt when things get hot. It's not that they're emotionless robots, but they know getting offended over every little thing isn't the way. They treat negative feedback like free advice, not a knife to the heart. They can dance through drama without missing a beat. And I think this is super important to talk about that a lot of people get offended by what other people say and do, especially Mm. online and especially in person. And a lot of that comes down to kind of a lack of emotional intelligence because some of that I say all the time is this spotlight effect. Mm. You think that everybody is focused on you. Everybody is talking about you. Everybody is judging you, but just from that thoughts, you know, you'll, that just proves my point. If you're thinking that everybody else is thinking that, and that means that nobody's thinking of you. So if somebody does have a negative opinion of you, if someone has an outburst, don't Mm -hmm. get offended by it because it says more about their behavior and their actions than it does about your own.
0: My friend had that, 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 sorry mate.
1: Yeah, sorry, and once you know that, then you don't get so offended by other people's actions.
0: And my friend, she's um, she was a very successful fitness competitor, big following, you know, blue tick before you could buy him, that kind of vibe. And I said, there's a difference. There is there's a difference. There, there is a there difference. Is, there
1: is a difference, yeah.
0: There is a difference. Um, anyway, and she posted a, a shot which was, you know, she's uh, you know, she's a, she's gotten a little bit older. Her audience has, you know, matured a little bit. She's not quite selling the, you know, she doesn't do the shows kind of stuff. No, now it's about, you know, eating well, you know, getting at the body shape you want um, in the time you want. Obviously, if you want to, you know, cut down and lean out and all that kind of stuff, cool. But she had someone give a shit on one of her posts of an eight And it was a relatively, I mean, she showed me the picture. It was kind of a, it was a good picture, but it wasn't over-sexualized or anything like that. It was, you know, a, clearly a bikini-based one from a shoot. It was, you know, part of her... And it was just said something along the lines of, you know, if I wanted soft porn, I'd go elsewhere and kind of stuff like this. And then just just laid into her for no reason. This person is like a positive person. Like he's constantly putting out a good message about, you know, nutrition and body image. And, you know, you're not defined by that and stuff. But, you know, if you do want to improve it, that's also cool too. And then this person, obviously, then you start going down the rabbit hole for having a look at their social media and stuff. And it just, they turned out to be quite a you know, quite a bit negative, and you see some of the things they shared and stuff, and it's like, as is their right to do and stuff, but as as you said there, that person is obviously not a happy camper, or something that, you know, triggered them, I get like, you know, get like that sometimes, and I can tell it with me, because my chest starts to rise, and the thumbs, it's like the thumb tendons, get fucking ready for fear, and I just go, nah, what's the point, It's not going to do anything. There's no point whatsoever. And if I see something now, and this is a good, you know, an emotional intelligence thing, if I see something that, if it triggers me, and I do get my my back up a little bit, I will try and take a moment and think, why? You know, why is that? You know, what is it? Is that something that I'm lacking? Yeah, Is that, or, or I or, so sometimes I look at it and think, do you know what, I'm just jealous, I'm just envious, I just wish I had that, or, or whatever, you know, we all have human emotions, and sometimes I just look at what they post or do and think, you're just a fucking dickhead, and I just, do you know what, do you? I saw one the other day about some, you know, there's a, again, I quite like the space, of have worked with some people in it, but we're talking about, it's like, it's in the kind of, how can I describe it? Masculine coach kind of space, and I am not red, shitting on red anyone. Red pill, red pill. Yeah, kind of, not shitting on anyone yeah, at all. Yeah. There's some people have some really good information, you know, really useful stuff, and I and I do think guys have, you know, there's a we are a little bit struggling at the moment across the board. A lot of guys are kind of you know struggling with things, finding their place. So like good stuff. So I'm not attacking it. But this this person had done a video, basically about how you're. I just make it make me laugh saying it. It was just going along how the lines of your woman should worship you and adore you, and and I just kept going on like that. And it was just like, and if she doesn't, and if she talks back to you, or just something, it just like then, you know, need to move on, King. And I remember just thinking, and I was about, and I, I, I the thumb got ready, Jay. The thumb was ready, and I thought, nope, mute, just no, can't be bothered.
1: Just reminds me of me find me box jumping Mount Everest, finally get the world record, raised, tens of thousands of pounds for charity, and the first thing my wife says, "You know, you're still a dickhead."
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh shit!
1: That's not how kings should act. Shut up! It's just like (laughs) that's the thing is that is exactly what I need to hear. Like guys who think that they are special need to be humbled. Yeah. by their spouses, not uh, yeah. praised and thought of as something. It's like, like the, that. the, the it's buffers
0: just... up on um, when you go bowling with your kids. Just keep you keep you going down the centre. No, no, back in line you go.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I took the kids and, you know, it just goes bam, 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 bam. And they actually end up, they, they both beat me. And I was like, well, you know, if I had the
0: bumpers up, then... Uh, yeah, if I had it, we'll <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> So that's number one, Mr. Meredith. Number two is... Um, Own your mess. You own your mess. Look, we all screw up, but emotionally intelligent people, they admit it. No burying their heads, no blame games, just a straightforward, yep, I messed up. Here's how I'll fix it. And Mm. I think this is a powerful thing for life is that if you understand that where you are today is because of how you think, how you act and what you do, and you have complete responsibility for that, yes, you can't control the things that happen to you but just like we said with that gap you can control how you respond and what you choose to do after those things have happened Mm -hmm. and this is comes down to accepting full responsibility for things even if there is somebody to blame because the minute that you blame a person or a condition Mm -hmm. you remove that power away from yourself to fix it and once again uh, this is what a lot of people do. They feel great when there's something or someone else to blame because it's not their fault. Mm. But it's still their responsibility, responsibility to change it.
0: That's a great... And the thing is, it's for, for both success and, and failures, it's always your fault and responsibility. And that's it. It's like, you know, I, I, I take ownership for the good things I've done and as much as I don't want to, because we don't. I also have to take... If I take ownership for the good, well, I've got to take ownership for the bad as well. Because that's also down to, uh, you know, maybe me, my how I've acted, situations to put myself in, so on and so forth. And some things have happened to me that I have had no clue that were going to happen to. Got royally fucked over, stitched up, whatever. Sometimes shit. Sometimes they are just shit people you encounter along the journey. And one thing I will say to that is, is like, like owning it is hard. Okay, it is, especially if you know you're the one that's caused the problems. But two things. Number one. That is actually one of the first, well, maybe three things. That's the first step is just owning it and going, cool. This is where I am right now. And it's that data point thing. It's just some data. Number two, and this is something that I've learned hard way. This one is you don't have to fucking fix it straight away. Okay. You're allowed to sit in your fucking swamp for a little bit. Now I'm someone, and I'm sure you'll probably identify this, Jay, struggles to rest. Okay. And I've been in situations where my body or my brain has forced that eventually to happen because I haven't listened. So sometimes when you have shit happen to you, I'm just saying this to you for those people right now who are maybe going through some stuff, it is okay to just throttle back and rest a little bit, okay, for a while. And then, number three, move on to doing what you can change moving forward, okay? And again, just don't, and again, don't do that typical daft thing of when things have gone wrong or tits that we try and do everything all at once because you're just setting yourself up for a failure identify the things you can do highest leveraged order activities focus on those first what can you control do that
1: yeah 100 and it's just prioritizing things you know one of the things that i'm constantly tackling with my business and with my life is what's important and needs to be done now versus what's enjoyable doing now because mm-hmm. if i don't pick which one needs to be prioritized, I'll instantly go to the, the the wrong thing or the other thing. And maybe something that I just fancy doing uh, during the day. So it's just prioritizing yeah. some things as well, which is super, super important. Number three, Mr. Madov is that you don't hang with emotional vampires, mastering, <laughs> mastering your inner emotional world means knowing which people to keep around and which to block unfriend or ghost. If someone's sucking the life out of you um oh, emotionally intelligent people um well it depends sorry, emotion- on context on that one <laughs> joe i mean if someone's sucking the life yes, out of you i mean yes yes an emotionally intelligent person <laughs> isn't <laughs> afraid to cut the cords so <laughs> you might not want to do that um if what you're saying is uh what you're intending to um <laughs> sorry to talk about that's why i paused for a minute i was like this is the wrong person to say that to
0: Um, i I mean you cannot use that phrase in all seriousness with me (laughs) yeah and i'll just say do you know what because we've got quite a mixed audience i'll just say this to any of the ladies listening in longer term relations if you want to spice things up just send that phrase to your partner just send it honestly send that at the start of their day by the time they come home, you'll have the happiest human being ever. There you go, Dan's tips. There you go for happiness. I will suck the life out of you. Or you know, whichever. Okay, I've got to get this the right way. Equally, if you like chaps too in your chat, whoever, whichever. Just give it a try. See how see how positive that person is when you next see them. Sorry, Jay, that's your fault. That's
1: okay. That's okay. Uh, yeah, I had that coming. So I remember. <laughs> uh, i I'm to I'm gonna shift very quickly to this because.
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> You, you know, have you ever seen these things on Netflix, like celebrities, that's it, celebrities, celebrities go dating. Now, I don't normally watch, I hate Love Island, I hate all of these kind of reality things, especially with like Z-list celebrities. But I, I mm. someone on this, celebrities go dating. And I remember watching like six episodes and I was addicted to it. And the reason I was addicted to it is because the people that were on there, like they were so, like, they were emotional vampires. I could just mm. imagine just being with them for a day to be... Physically and mentally just exhausting. But it's so addicting to watch because you're just like, I can't believe there's actually people that walk around day to day like like that. that." And it fascinates me. And here's the thing. If you do hang around with emotional vampires, they are entertaining as fuck. They might even make you laugh, but they are exhausting. Mm. And you've really got to think about who you spend your time with. Something that we spoke about, about a circle of influence and friends. We did say that there is that one person who is an absolute fucking nightmare and you do need it in your circle because there are times where you just need to let your hair down, relax. And that's probably going to be that person who's going to, you know, be doing that job effectively. But if you're spending all of your time with those people, it's just going to suck the life out of you. So choose your battles know the people that drain your energy and the people that give you energy because you do mm-hmm. need, you do need both of them and it's understanding as well, that if that person is living with you and in a relationship with you, then you're asking for trouble because you have literally signed a contract to be drained of your energy every single day.
0: And not have the life sucked out of you in a good way.
1: Exactly. Mr. Meredith. <laughs> so moving over to number four and number four is progress over perfection. Emotionally intelligent people know life's about the ride, not ins- not the Instagram worthy destination. They're cool with stumbling and bumbling along because it's all part of getting better. And I think, you know, f- for myself at the moment with doing jujitsu and with everything in life, it's just, I've had this period of six months of just figure still just trying to figure stuff out you know mm. you suddenly get an aha moment after getting choked and armbarred about 50 times and then suddenly it, it clicks and then something else clicks and not in a good way and that is the beauty of jiu jitsu but it's also the beauty of life is that you know you are stumbling and bumbling around trying to figure stuff out and as soon as you do figure stuff out you are presented with bigger problems bigger issues bigger dramas and it's a never ending cycle And one of the mistakes that people make is this assumption that they're going to get to the end of this destination. Um, Very much like when you complete a game, you know, the music plays, the cheers are in the air, and guess what happens? A blank screen. And you're left with options. The options is to play another game or play the same game at a higher level. And And most people opt for playing a different game. Instead of thinking this, hang on a minute, I've just spent best part of like a week, a month, six weeks, six months playing this game. Most people finish the game and never play it again. And I think, well, that's just mad. Why don't you, if you enjoy doing it so much, why, didn't, Mate, why don't I've you just got, go back to the beginning and just play it at a high level?
0: There's a PS5 and an Xbox One not far from where I'm sat here right now in front of the big telly. And I really fought myself saying something then when you were talking about a blank screen So I have a terrible analogy. And if people want to know what that is, you can message me because it's disgusting, but I've got two or three games. I'm now on um, the top, top level of them. I played them once through completed them. I, I'm one of those gamers that's a filthy casual. I like to just pick it up, play. I don't want to be learning too many fucking combos and shit like that. And I, I'm I'm on my fourth playthrough, the no, fifth playthrough of one game now on the top level. Because I enjoy I enjoyed because I enjoyed the story. I know what's coming. I've played it a few times already, and I'm now just literally leveling up and leveling up and leveling up on the same one. And then, so with that particular game, that's one of the few games I actually play online, and I'm quite decent at it. But it took me several months of playthroughs to get good enough so i could go and i just gonna sound really wrong out of context but if you're not an online game where beat up children online because there's literally just kids on there who can just pick it up straight away and just destroy me because every time i've gone online before it's not been fun that's it i was playing a game that i wasn't skilled enough to fucking join in join in die join in die join in die over and over again so i was like right you little fuckers i'm gonna campaign the shit out of this until i'm good then I'll come and play. And then I'm obviously playing in the next arena of the thing. And gaming's a really good analogy for it, though. But it's you made it, that's a great thing. Most people then go complete it, go on to the next thing. Do it again, get better, level up.
1: Yeah, and, and really it's understanding there's a, there's a thing about motivation called the ramp model. Okay. And basically how can somebody be focused to spend four hours on a game when they can't spend four hours learning something new? And it was something that I was always curious about. Cause I was like, well, why can somebody sit down and not get bored playing, you know, call of duty or whatever, but then they can't just sit down with a notepad and pen and watch a two hour workshop, like from myself or you to help mm. them create a better life for themselves. And it comes down to this thing called the ramp model and ramp stands for uh relatedness, autonomy, mastery, and purpose. And if you have four of those things, then you will always be glued and always be motivated to do it. So relatedness is you, you, you're you sharing a thing with like-minded people. Like with boxing, you go to a boxing gym, there's people who share the same passion, share the same relatedness, share the same memes, very much <laughs> like jujitsu. Uh, autonomy. We like to feel that we're making our own decisions, even though everything in life is... Uh, persuading us to make decisions though if some if we feel that somebody is forcing an opinion on us, we are less inclined to do it and when you look at games online, you know there's no one telling you to play the game it's about you deciding to play and figuring shit out with yourself yeah. and what's obviously more addictive is if you're trying to figure shit out with people online um, and ha you know have that that relatedness mastery leveling up. You know, when I was in the army, it was all about getting to the next rank, you know, Lance Corporal, Corporal Sergeant. And of course you're playing that game for best part of two decades. Jiu-Jitsu, you know, it's all about leveling up, getting tabs on your belts, getting up a new belt. And, you know, it's a game which I'm happy now to play for the next 10, 15, 20 years, but it has that mastery in there. Mm. And then the final one, purpose. You know, you think of a game leveling up, getting to the next level, but then purpose. What is the point? in doing this and if you don't see a purpose in it like for a game there is a purpose you know let's just take for example just randomly pick grand theft auto the purpose is to you know there will be a level there will be objectives and your purpose is to complete those objectives when it comes to anything that you're doing in life you know those purposes it's about completing those objectives so if you're looking to be more motivated to do things this is why uh, you need to gamify it. I've been really interested in learning the piano, and I know the traditional way to learn piano is not for me because that sounds boring as fuck and it has no gamification. There is this new keypad out called Lumi, and you connect it to an iPad, and basically it teaches you how to play piano, but in a gamified style like Guitar Hero. Now, I completed oh, okay. Guitar Hero. I completed Guitar Hero on expert. It took me like fourteen weeks uh, to do. Uh, back in the day, when I had, when I actually had spare time, had to, time. to do yeah. stuff. But looking at it, you learn songs, and basically it, it comes down the screen like Guitar Hero, and you get very good at it. Now, a lot of traditional people would be like, "Oh, well, that's not really learning piano." I'm like, "Well, if you played the same." song i.e level and you played that level 200 times do you do you think you could play that song with or level with your eyes closed if you just know the keys and it's like yeah it's like so what why is that different to a piano so like, if you can play a song on a piano with your eyes closed surely that means you know the fucking song and they're like oh yeah but you're not learning how to play music i, was like, I don't want to learn to play music i want i want song. four i want four or five good songs in the bag and I want a yeah. couple of Christmas songs and, and I'm that's good. It. That's Jason. <laughs> that's it. That's it. It. That is it. That is the uh, impress the strangers songs, mm-hmm. uh, a couple of classics, and then a couple of sing-alongs when you're drunk at Christmas. That is mission complete. That is my all I care about when it comes to playing piano. I don't want I, I to go and on the main stage or do all these fucking operas. I just want seven songs and get good at it using a gamified way to master it so that is of course um the ramp model i highly recommend looking okay. at it if, in, in games and motivation so uh, moving over to number five now and this is something that took me a while to learn and it's you you cherish your z's uh, it sounds weird well good sleep isn't just about dodging under eye bags it's about giving your brain a break if you're sleeping right you're setting yourself up to handle life's curveballs like a pro. And if you want to build on your emotional intelligence as in not get offended by everything online, not get triggered by everybody, you know, offline, then you need to get yourself enough sleep. It's it's amazing how your fuckometer goes down when you're well slept.
0: Yeah. The first thing that we always talk about in the team is sort of more with my mentor and stuff before we go on to any new level that we're going to go to or try something new is I just make sure I am rested. Before we do it, make sure I've got my productivity, my sleep. You know, when I'm working with private clients, well, the first things we do, that often come to me for, you know, business or marketing or, you know, those types of things. They want to grow X. Fine. Cool. But the first thing we do is make sure they're actually, A, able to handle the growth. And B, that generally means making them more productive. And C, are you actually rested enough to do this? Like, are you fucked? Are you hanging on by a thread at the moment, living off sort of caffeine and spite? To get through the day. If so, you are not going to make good decisions. You are not going to make you're not going to think clearly, and you're going to make more wrong decisions, thus, your chance of success is going to be lower. So you might be doing some right things, but you'll make more errors if you're tired all the time. And I will say, you know, I was talking to Jay about this before the, the podcast. You know, this year has been batshit for me. It has been one thing into the next into the next. And I'm being super open here like you know I'm still training still doing stuff outside of that I'm just resting I'm giving my body extra sleep making sure I'm giving it lots of good nutrients I'm just about to ramp up again sort of like mid-september time right now I'm doing I'm literally just looking after me that's it just making sure but that sleep part I mean again turning to my left this time obviously you can't see this if you're listening but I've literally got all my sleep supplements, you know, my morning ones, my AM ones, my various mushrooms that I take, um, adaptogens and stuff. You know, I'm really just optimizing my sleep as best I can right now. And again, we all fall out of habits, we all fall out of routines. So just going back to things I used to do regular bedtime routine, regular wake up times you know, not eating too late, simple things, blue blocking glasses towards the end of the day as it gets a little bit darker and I use tech a little bit later. But just simple shit that works for me. But getting that sleep sorted will make you a better person. It really will.
1: Yeah. And it took me a long time to realize that, you know, I was always that person who said, oh, if you get two hours less sleep uh, a day, you'll get an extra month in the year to get shit done. And what, yeah. what good is an extra month in the year if you're knackered and it's just mm. pointless? And it's not easy, of course, having t- uh, two kids as well to try and get that in, but it's vital. It really, really is. Yeah. And um, for me, you know, I, th- people see that I get up early, I get up at half four and they're like, oh, what time do you go to bed? Like nine o'clock. Like, yeah, oh, okay. that's so, what yeah, you do. You're not seven, up until seven. midnight. <laughs> no, but then what a lot of people will do is oh, they'll look at their normal habits mm-hmm. and then they'll go, well, I go to bed at 11. How come he goes, he gets up at half four? And I'm like, well, you know, because I go to bed at night. And, you know,
0: yeah. and, Mine, and making it, sure that like, I've
1: got that seven hours sleep is seven hours is a sweet spot for me
0: me similar for me mate for me it's bed for about 10 ish have about an hour of wind down I get up late I get up between seven and eight you know no kids you know and also that's my sort of more natural time as well as my body wants to wake up so I let my body do what it wants to do you know I've you know I will say this, this is something that did make me laugh. And I was talking to a friend of mine who is an ex partner of mine and she's a morning person, 5am ready to go person. And we were both just joking about the fact that we are sleep cycles just did not make either of us happy whatsoever because that lack of sleep you know there's no malice in there you just get more snippy and grumpy you know she's a 5 a.m person I'm just like once I'm woken up I can sort of drift back to sleep but it's shit I was just fucking tired the whole time just didn't work but that you know he's in focusing on the z's getting those sleep sorted there's some again um there's a a, andrew Huberman's podcast is another really good one um he's got some really good sleep recommendations actually got a sort of sleep stack that he recommends you know there's a few different ones that i've tried that are working quite well just sort of testing them out but you know again optimizing your sleep sleep environment bedtime routine morning routine mindful of your caffeine intake you know like for me i love a diet coke i do or a coke zero love them but I've realized I do just love the taste and I've just switched to the, you know, the caffeine-free diet Coke versions in the gold tins. I love them. So I can still enjoy all my things, but I've literally got a whole fridge, you know, a whole fridge, whole layer of them, just full of them because I can still enjoy the taste, but it's not going to impact my sleep. That's how seriously I'm taking it.
1: Yeah, and I think everybody does need to take, take their sleep super seriously. And yeah. As you get older, of course, you realize these little things that make a massive, massive difference. Yeah. So yeah, Cherish z's, And the final one, Modis, is your king or queen of questions those with killer emotional intelligence don't just make assumptions they dive deep asking questions that get to the heart of the matter because real understanding is better than just nodding along and it just surprises me how many people don't ask open-ended questions Mm. you know a lot of people when you're chatting to them it's all me, me 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 what i'm up to what i'm doing and you know that's that's great if you're being asked those questions but you know, ask people, be genuinely interested in other people. And you will, you know, if you want to be liked by more people, just ask more questions. And it's just so much easier. It's so much easier to spark conversations um, when you have, well, firstly a framework for it, which I'm going to mm-hmm. um, talk about in a minute, but just make it about other people, make it about other people. There is a, something called the Ford method. Which is family, occupation, recreation, and dreams. So mm-hmm. family obviously sparking a conversation about brothers, sisters, you know, parents. You know, trying to get some information out there. Occupation, of course, what is it you do? Um, I don't like to say what it what is It you do, and I, I prefer to say what do you do for fun. You know what? Yeah, that's, that's of one.
0: Yeah, what? Yeah, what brings you joy out of life? Like, yeah, what, yeah. What would you do for fun? What lights you up? I mean, it's it's cliched. And this is... I was invited um, by a friend of mine to London to a very... Good networking event, but it was like it was networking. It was talks, and I think I'd have been sort of like, uh, and I'm this, uh, do you know what? My shirt that you can't see this because obviously if you're listening, my shoulders just went up there, it's a bit cringy. But I'd have probably been relatively successful in the, in the big group of people, and I know people would have been asking me things and picking my brains and stuff. And it's like I just didn't want to go and talk about me if I was going to go along. Like I want, uh, you know, I've realised that you know, friends, you know, it's that whole, you know, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're probably in the wrong room, and it's just you know, I need to spend time with you know other different i want to learn about them as well i don't want it to be just about me and having my brains picked and stuff which still is wonderful you know i still love getting messages and, and hearing back from people but I will also say, you know, it's really, I, I've sometimes realized how much I miss learning about others and their lives and their dreams and their goals and things. And, and I don't want it to be about me. I want to, I want to learn. I love people. I want to know about what makes them tick, what makes them happy. And you'll be amazed how people think you're really interesting if you take an interest in them. It's a cheesy old saying, but it does work.
1: Yeah, 100%. I mean, I just thought last week I was sitting down. And this elderly couple saw my sleeve tattoo and they said, they were asking, they said, Oh, that's fascinating. And then I started to talk about some of the stoics and they were both school teachers who were teaching, who used to teach philosophy.
0: No way. And
1: yeah. Like Greek philosophy. So obviously ah. I'm talking. So it's like, Oh oh no. <laughs> so, so we got talking and chatting and about 15, 20 minutes passed. And then I don't know how that, you know, it all started with just, you know, just commenting on my sleeve tattoo and then just going into deep, Kind of philosopher, uh, philosophical, philosophical, ph- uh, Phil- <laughs> philosophical, philosophical. There we go. There you go. Philosophical things, and then got onto what it is that I do and and everything else. And then Anna came over and said, oh, "We've got to go." And she goes, "Oh, you can't take him from us. <laughs> He's too <laughs> fascinating." <laughs> just That's just like, nice. oh. Yeah, it's really really nice. But then all of that started by just taking an interest in a tattoo, and yeah. this is once again a, such an easy conversation piece just being aware what people are wearing makes a massive massive difference if people are wearing a cool watch cool shoes you know people just don't highlight these things and people really appreciate those things too so just be more aware of people and you're you'd be amazed that how much further in life you'll get by just being curious and asking open-ended questions
0: mate and you, you may never know who you're gonna meet i mean obviously i've joked about um the relationships at the start of things but i, I met someone i've seen for a little while um they had a, an antique vintage rolex and i love my watches you know i have a few watches myself and stuff that's kind of one of my you know little treats for me and i just it, you know she was quite buff and tattooed and there was this kind of like very date and I just said that's a beautiful watch I said oh you know just it was a conversation start and we ended up you know becoming you know friends and so forth off the back of it but actually but she was really you know interested to talk about it because for her it meant quite a lot there was reason behind it there was you know a story behind it and her journey and it, we ended up just having a really and I did that had a really nice conversation with her But I've always, you know, you can tell stuff that people are are proud of, or they're interested in, or they're excited about, or just, you know, just taking a moment to just sort of like, see the person before you, or if it's online, just kind of try and build up a little bit, things they like, what they might like, and take a genuine interest in what you can see they talk about, what they share, what they're passionate about, and you'll be amazed how much sometimes just noticing and i mean this in a non-creepily way like in a kind of you know in a good social situation or you're striking up a conversation in a, in, a, in a healthy positive way yeah just taking notice of some what something someone's done achieved clearly they're proud of they talk about they share about it can make someone's day it really can because oftentimes there's stories and meanings and purpose and passion behind these things and why they do what they do and the fact you've even just fucking spotted it and not made it about yourself is massive i'm just going to give a flip side to that as well um equally if you are on the receiving end of that so if someone is you know coming to you reaching out to you wanting to strike up a good conversation with stuff if you're in that, because it's a bit of a weird vibe at the moment. There's some people are kind of, you know, it's a, it's a strange bit of a sort of or talking to a friend about this. So maybe it's a bit of a hangover from the pandemic. Not too sure. There's a little bit of flatness around some of the people I'm working with right now. And you can also, if you are feeling a little bit flat, some type of way, as the phrase I like to use, you can also just be just really honest with that person. If someone is making a genuine effort to connect with you, if you're not feeling it right now, it will come across as false. You don't have to be rude either. You can also just say, I'm running on a bit. I'm running on fumes a little bit right now. You know, I have people who reach, and I always, always do my best. And if you ever message me and I haven't replied, please message me again because it's not been intentional. But there are times when I've got you know stuff to deal with with my sister. I'm knackered from training. Maybe I'm running lower macros at that time. General business, life stress, as we all have, and. I can see someone's making a genuine effort to connect and I feel like a shithead because I can't give them it. But just that honesty as well, if you're on the receiving end of it and say, do you know what? I'd actually, I would love to, I really appreciate that. Little bit stretching. I'm say to people, drop me a message in a week's time. I'll be clear or give it. And also, honestly, I've had some really good connections. It's just a little bit of advice for those of you who maybe kind of, you know, if you do use social media a lot or you speak to a lot of people, sometimes you do have to be selfish with your energy. We talked about the vampires earlier, just conserve it a little bit. And you can politely sort of bounce people in a way that doesn't make them feel unseen, unheard or unvalidated. You're like, you know what, just right now, a little bit stretched thin, love to have a chat though. How about in the future? Contact me then. Just a little tip.
1: Yeah. My tip is assume that everybody is busy as fuck. So respect their time. And there are some massive red flags, especially online, um, that you can do to not respect people's time. Firstly, don't send five one-minute voice notes to
0: somebody. Oh, fucking voice notes! I fucking hate them so much. It's especially funny especially if
1: you're especially if you're not paying customer or client. Do not send five one-minute voice notes. They will not get read. If your DM is longer than I don't know. 1,000 characters, assume that that will be instantly deleted. And don't start every conversation with a question asking yep. if I'm struggling with something or if there's anything that you can help. So I'm there not going to show Some massive red flags for me doing, you know, getting hundreds of yep. messages. So if I don't respond to you, I understand that I, I have Lots, got this. No one else is I have this turbo filter that I've um, <laughs> developed over the last eight years of mm-hmm. doing social media that literally if you hit one of my flag filters even if it's genuine you'll be deleted so if you did if you did dm me and i didn't get back to you assume that you just didn't pass my filter and you need to try a different angle
0: well it's funny because he's a listener so i'm not going to say his name but basically um two one minute voice notes and i'm just like i'm not listening to them but i did mess it and then he just he just messaged me yesterday at twenty two thirty seven. Just listen to your podcast on hating voice notes. Oops. And he's a good guy, and he's a cool guy. But again, respecting the other, you know, the person on the other side of the things. You know, again, it might be someone you want to connect with on a business capacity. It might be incredibly busy. It might be someone you want to sign up as a client. They may be fine. They may not need your help. They may be okay. Maybe someone you want to connect with romantically. They might not be interested in you. Don't take anything personally. Always do everything with best intentions. Assume that person look like if and this is one thing I've learned pretty you know, I'm for those of you who obviously don't do this as video, but I'm holding up my phone to Jay right now. This rectangle is with us most of the time. Okay. And unless you know I've put some sort of you know focus mode on or use some of the kind of blocking things I have on my phone, realistically, if somebody wants to get back to you, they will. Yeah, sometimes you have to be, you know, you have to nudge things up and follow things up because sometimes like you do, you get missed in the inbox and stuff. But most of the times, if people want to hear from you, sorry, if people want to connect back with you, they will. And if they don't, they won't. And just don't get offended by it. Like still put yourself out there, chance your arm, connect with people, reach out, be genuine, build relationships, forge friendships, you know, be, you know, a little bit cheeky, tenacious sometimes. But if it doesn't pay off, don't take it personally. It's just life.
1: Yeah, and just be fucking honest. Like, if your intentions are for something, let us know exactly what they are. You know, I yeah. I I'd, I'd, I'd respond more to it of saying like, I this is basically a pitch for you to help me with my business, and this is blat- I'm blatantly going to do this in in the hope that you'll do this if it's any good. I I prefer that to you know some right. of the shit that I get. It's like Jesus Christ, come on! Look, I know this game, you know. If it's something of value, if it's something that I need at this moment in time, just tell me.
0: And- Mate, it's so simple, but people don't, people overcome. I have a very pretty friend, okay? And doesn't live anywhere near me. And she'd gone on a dating app and she'd said the best way to basically get me on a date is she literally said, ask me on a date, okay? Okay. She got loads of attention. One guy actually said, hey, I'd like to take you on a date. And she said, yes, that's it. She you, you know, again, typical, you know, it was her inbox was just absolutely swamped. But the one who actually li- just literally be honest, be direct with what you want. And this, and, you know, and the kind of EQ side of things, you know, not coming in from an angle, just like being direct with the communication in a polite, friendly, you know, you know, affable manner, not being a creep, not being a weirdo will get you so much further hey, you know, for example, someone has reached out to me, you know, there's one guy, I get all these pictures for like video editors and people who are going to blow up my Instagram follow. And the one person I actually had a conversation with um, was just honest. He said, look, I'm sure you get messages that I send it. Maybe it was a script. Even it was a script, it was really good. But it basically on the lines of saying, I'm not going to bullshit you. I'm one of probably lots of people in your inbox. I've, you know, and I've listened to a couple of your podcasts. I like this. If you ever want to talk about what I could do for you, I'd be down. Equally, if you just fancy a chat, you seem like a cool guy. And it was just a kind of nice message. He was just very upfront that he was pitching me. and I ended up having a conversation with me. Turns out I didn't need him. Had someone doing exactly what he did. But he's now someone I've also referred a few other people to as well. So be honest and direct with your communication. We'll get you far.
1: Yeah, and if I i would say, if I want to play games, I'll go on to my meta quest and play virtual table tennis. Like, life is too fucking short. Okay, don't beat around the bush. Just tell us what you fucking want. And it's going to be, it's not going to be a maybe from me. I don't like maybes. Like a maybe means time wasting. It's like, it's either yes. So we can you know, do something together or no. And you can go and, you know, offer your service to somebody else. But the worst thing is our, our, is maybe and I'll think about it. And you won't get one of those. Yeah. You'll get a yes or a no. And, and I won't maybe be a response. It'd be just a delete. No. Um, yeah. And that might just mean that you need to be more persistent. Because I do yeah. enjoy uh, persistent people, especially if they're good at what it is that they do. Uh, so emotion, emotional intelligence, Mr. Meredith, a super important thing to think about. Think about those six different things that we spoke about, about owning your mess and taking responsibility for things, not being offended by the behaviors and actions of others, actually asking decent questions and being curious about other people and you know, being mindful of spending too much time with energy vampires any yeah. closing thoughts on that Miss meredith
0: it's a good summation and it brings me down to that old classic as well just try not to be a dick like literally just try not to be a dick just treat treat people nicely again old thing all our parents have probably said it to us is you know do unto others as you like done to you treat people how you want to be treated okay and don't take things personally Okay, shit sometimes isn't going to go your way. Not everyone's going to like you. Not everyone's going to click with you. Not everyone's going to think you're fantastic or fun or valuable or useful or attractive or an energy plus positive person. Some people are just not going to like you and that's okay. And that is something as you get older, you you really kind of tend to learn. So there's a few little just general tidbits from me there as an older gentleman than I was when I started this entrepreneurial endeavor.
1: A broken crayon still colors, Mr. (laughs) Meredith. Oh,
0: Christ. Why did you look me directly in the eye when you said that? (laughs) Jesus Christ. Right, well, I'm going to go for a cry (sighs) now. (laughs) Fuck it out. I had to finish with a quote.
1: I had to finish with a quote.
0: Right. Okay. Thanks, buddy. Love you. <laughs> it's, it's okay, mate.
1: Um, <sighs> ladies and gents, I really hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Body and the Beast. And if you did, please let us know. I love it when people share the episodes on their stories. It's nice to know that you are listening and hopefully implementing our wisdom, knowledge, and experience.
0: And I'll but also I, say on that oh, as well, myself and Jay, you know, again we touched on that you can reach out to us as well we do have ways of you know working with us so for example i've worked some of my favorite clients i work with like coaching clients have come from this podcast i've been speaking gigs off this podcast people have joined my world off this podcast i've helped people from this podcast so if you think me or jay can help you with business mindset social media marketing coaching mentoring whatever i just kind of want to end the episode with saying. If you think we can help, you know, you can reach out. Don't just sit there, you know, we're basically an open invitation. If you think we can help you, we like to work with others and we have different vehicles and different products and services that we can. So if you do want that, not a pitch per se at the end, just letting you know that again, if you think we can help you, me or Jay, or both of us, fucking let us know.
1: 100%. Nice gents. Really hope you enjoyed this episode of The Body and the Beast. I have been your body, Jay Milton.
0: And I've been your beast, Dan Meredith. Take care.